Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Peace. You tune in to another Self Growth Saturday with uh, Kim L. Jr. Um. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, I was telling you I was reading that book, Power Versus Force. And then we're going to get into some other stuff after that. I'm going to read a couple, uh, couple pages. Within it's going to um, basically be explaining the uh, energy levels of consciousness. Um, we're going to go into that. Going out, yeah, we're going to um, going to some of them. So uh, let's go ahead and start off with energy level twenty shame. The level of shame is perilously proximate to death, which may be chosen out of shame as conscious suicide or more subtly elected by failure to take steps to prolong life, as in passive suicide. Death by avoidable accident is common. We all have some awareness of the pain of losing face, becoming discredited, or feeling like a non-person. And shame people hang their heads and slink away, wishing they were invisible. Banishment is a traditional accompaniment—excuse me—accompaniment of shame. And in the primitive societies from which we all originate, banishment is equivalent to death. Early life experiences such as sexual abuse, which lead to shame, warp the personality often for a lifetime unless these issues are resolved by therapy. Shame as fraud determined produces neurosis. It is destructive to emotional and psychological health and as a consequence of low self-esteem. Makes one prone to the development of physical illness. The shame-based personality is shy, withdrawn, and introverted. Shame is also used as a tool of cr- cruelty and is excuse me, and his victims often become cruel themselves. Shamed children, excuse me. Shamed children are cruel to animals and cruel to each other. The behavior of people whose consciousness level is only in the 20s is dangerous. They are prone to hallucinations of an accusatory nature as well as paranoia. Some become psychotic or commit bizarre crimes. Some shame-based individuals compensate by perfectionism and rigidity and often become driven and intolerant. A Tory's example of this are the moral the moral extremists who form vigilante groups projecting their own consciousness excuse me 
their own unconscious shame onto others whom they then feel justified in righteously attacking or killing. Serial killers have often acted out of sexual moralism with the justification of punishing so-called bad women, women, because it pulls down the whole level of one's personality. Shame results in a vulnerability to the other negative emotions and therefore often produces false pride, anger, and guilt. Energy level 30, guilt. Guilt is so commonly used in our society to manipulate and punish, manifest, and punish, manifests itself in a variety of expressions, such as remorse, self-recrimination, misogynism, and the whole gamut of symptoms of victimhood. Unconsciousness, unconscious guilt results in psychosomatic diseases, accident proneness, and suicidal behaviors. Many people struggle with guilt their entire lives, while others desperately attempt escape by immorally denying guilt altogether. Guilt domination results in a preoccupation with sin, an unforgiving emotional attitude frequently exploited by religious demagogues who use it for coercion and control. Such sin and salvation merchants obsessed with punishment are likely either acting out their own guilt or projecting it onto others. Subcultures displaying the aberration of self-flagration often manifest other endemic forms of cruelty, such as the public ritual killing of humans or animals. Guilt provokes rage and killing frequently is its expression. Capital punishment is an example of how killing gratifies a guilt-ridden populace. Our unforgiving American society, for instance, Polaris, Polaris, its victims in the press and meets out punishments that have never been demonstrated to any deterrent or corrective effect. NG level 50, apathy. This level is characterized by poverty, despair, and hopelessness. The world and the future look bleak. Pathos is the theme of life. Apathy is a state of helplessness. It's victims needy in every way lack not only resources, but also the energy to avail them, them to avail them themselves of what resources may be available. Unless external energy is supplied by caregivers, death through passive suicide can result. Without the will to live, the hopeless stare blankly, unresponsive to stimuli, until their eyes stop tracking and there is not even enough energy left to swallow proffered food. This is the level of the homeless and the derelicts of society. It is also the fate of many of the aged and others who become isolated by chronic or progressive diseases. The apathetic are dependent. People in apathy are heavy, um, excuse me, are dependent. People in apathy are heavy and are felt to be a burden by those around them. Too often, society lacks sufficient motivation to be of any real help to cultures as well as individuals at this level who are seen as drains of resources 
This is the level of the streets of Calcutta, where only the saintly, such as Mother Teresa and her followers, dare to tread. Apathy is the level of the abandonment of hope, and few have the courage to really look it in the face. Energy level 75, grief. This is the level of sadness, loss, and despondency. Most humans have experienced it for periods of time, but those who remain at this level live a life of constant regret and depression. This is the level of chronic mourning, bereavement, and remorse about the past. It is also the level of habitual losers and those chronic gamblers who accept failure as part of their lifestyle, often resulting in loss of jobs, friends, family, and opportunity, as well as money and health. Major losses in early life make one later vulnerable to passive acceptance of grief, as though sorrow were the price of life. In grief, one sees sadness everywhere, the sadness of little children, the sadness of the world conditions, the sadness of life itself. This level colors one's entire vision of existence. Part of the syndrome of loss is the notion of irreplaceability, of what has been lost or that which it symbolized. There is a generalization from the particular so that the loss of a loved one is equated with the loss of love itself. At this level, such emotional losses may trigger a serious depression or death. Although grief is the cemetery of life, it still has more energy to it than apathy does. Thus, when a traumatized, apathetic patient begins to cry, we know they're getting better. Once they start to cry, they will begin to eat again. Energy level 100, fear. At the level of 100, There is a lot more life energy available. Fear of danger is actually healthy. Fear runs much of the world, spurring on endless activity. Fear of enemies, of old age or death, of rejection, and a multitude of social fears are basic motivators in most people's lives. From the viewpoint of this level, the world looks hazardous, full of traps, threats, Fear is the favorite official tool for control by oppressive totalitarian agencies and regimes. And insecurity is the stock and trade of major manipulators of the marketplace. The media and advertising place a fear to increase market share. The proliferation of fears is as limitless as the human imagination. Once fear becomes one's focus, the endless fearful events of the world feed it. Fear becomes obsessive and may take any form. Fear of loss of relationship leads to jealousy and a chronically high stress level. Fearful thinking can balloon into paranoia or generate neurotic defense structures and because it is contagious, become a dominant social trend. Fear limits growth of the personality, leads to inhibition, I mean, yeah, personality and leads to inhibition because it takes energy to rise above fear. The oppressed are unable to reach a higher level of unaided. Thus, the fearful seek strong leaders who appear to have conquered their fears to lead them out of slavery, out of their slavery. Energy level 125, despair. There is yet more energy available at this level. Oh, no, I said despair. I meant desire. Energy level 125, desire. Um, desire motivates vast areas of human activity, including the economy, 
advertisers play on the on our desires to program us to advertise play on our desire to program us with needs linked to instinctual drives. Desire moves us to expend great effort to achieve goals or obtain rewards. The desire for money, prestige, or power runs the lives of many of those who have risen above fear as their limiting predominant life motif. Desire is also the level of addiction, wherein desire becomes a craving more important than life itself. The victims of desire may actually be unaware of the basis of their motives. Some people become addicted to the desire for attention and drive others away by their constant demands. Desire for sexual approval has produced entire cosmetics, fashion, and movie industries. Desire has to do with accumulation and greed, but desire is insatiable because it is an ongoing energy field. So that's how the fashion, excuse me. So that satisfaction of one desire is merely replaced by unsatisfied desire for something else. Multimillionaires remain obsessed with acquiring more and more money. Desire, however, is a much higher state than apathy or grief. In order to get you to get, you have to first have the energy to want. Television has had a major influence on many oppressed people because it inculcates what inculcates wants and energizes their desires to the degree that they moved out they move out of apathy and begin to seek a better life want can start people on the road to achievement desire can therefore become a springboard to higher levels of consciousness energy level 150 anger although anger may lead to homicide and war as in energy level Within itself, it is much further removed from death than those below it. Anger can lead to either constructive or destructive action. As people move out of apathy and grief to overcome fear as a way of life, they begin to want desires to want. Desire leads to frustration, which in leads in turn leads to anger. Thus, anger can be a fulcrum by which the oppressed are eventually catapulted to freedom. Anger over social injustice, victimization, inequality has created great movements that led to major changes in the structure of society. But anger expresses itself most often as resentment and revenge and is therefore volatile and dangerous. Anger as a lifestyle is exemplified by irritable, explosive people who are oversensitive to slights and become Injustice collectors, quarrelsome, belligerent, or litigate, litigious. Since anger stems from frustrated one, it is based on the energy field below it. Frustration. Below it, yeah. Frustration results from exaggerating the importance of desires. The angry person may, like a frustrated infant, go into a rage. Anger leads easily to hatred, which has an erosive effect on all areas of a person's life. Energy level 175, pride. Pride, which calibrates at 175, has enough energy to run the United States Marine Corps. It is the level aspired to by the majority of our kind today. People feel positive as they reach this level in contrast to the lower energy fields. 
this rise in self-esteem is a bomb to all the pain experienced at lower levels of consciousness. Pride looks good and knows it. It struts, struff in the pride of life. It struts, it struts its stuff in the parade of life. Pride is at a far enough removal from shame, guilt, or fear that to rise, for instance, out of the despair of the ghetto to the pride of being a Marine is an enormous jump. Pride as such generally, generally has a good reputation and is socially encouraged. Yet, as we see from the chart of the level of consciousness, it is sufficiently negative to remain below the critical level of 200. This is why pride feels good only in contrast to lower levels. The problem, as we all know, is that pride goeth before it fall. Pride is defensive and vulnerable because it is dependent upon external conditions without which it can suddenly revert to a lower level. The inflated ego is vulnerable to attack. Pride remains weak because it can be knocked off its pedestal back into shame, which is a threat that fires the fear of loss of pride. Pride is divisive and goes give rise to factionalism. The consequences are constantly. Man has habitually died for pride. Armies still regularly slaughter each other for that aspect of pride called nationalism. Religious wars, political terrorism, and zealotry, the ghastly history of the Middle East and zealotry, my bad, the ghastly history of the Middle East and Central Europe are all the price of pride, which all of society pays. The downside of pride, therefore, is arrogance and denial. These characteristics block growth and pride, recovery from addictions is possible because emotional problems or character defects are denied. The whole problem of denial is one of pride. Thus, pride is a very sizable block to the accusation of real power, which displaces pride with true stature and prestige. Energy level 200 courage. At the level of 200, at, 200, at the 200 level, power really first appears when we test Subjects at all the energy levels below 200, we find, as we can be readily verified, that they all go weak. Everyone goes strong in response to the life supportive fields above 200. This is a critical level that distinguishes the positive and negative influences of life. At the level of courage, an attainment of true power occurs. Therefore, it is also the level of empowerment. This is the zone of exploration, accomplishment, fortitude, and determination. At the lower levels, the world is seen as hopeless, sad, frightening, or frustrating, but at the level of courage, life is seen to be exciting, challenging, and stimulating. Courage implies the willingness to try new things and deal with the vicissitudes of life. At this level of empowerment, one is able to cope with and effectively handle the opportunities of life. At 200, for instance, there is the energy to learn new job skills, growth, and education become attainable goals. There is the capacity to face fears or character defects to grow despite them. Anxiety also does not cripple endeavor as it would be would at the lower levels of evolution. Obstacles that defeat people whose consciousness is below 200 act as stimulants to those who have evolved into the first level of true power. People at this level put back into the world as much energy as they take. 
and lower levels populations as well as individuals drain energy from society without appreciating because accomplishments result in positive feedback, self-reward, and esteem. Oh, excuse me. Because accomplishments result in positive feedback, self-reward, and esteem become progressively self-reinforcing. This is where productivity begins. The collective level of consciousness of mankind remained at 190 for many centuries and curiously only jumped to its current level of 204 within the last decade. Energy level 250. Neutrality. Energy becomes very positive as we get to the level of, to the level that we have termed neutral. Because it is epitomized by release from the positionality that typifies lower levels. Below 250, consciousness tends to dichotomize and to take the own rigid positions in impediment in a world that is complex and multifactual rather than black and white. Taking such positions create polarizations, and polarizations in turn create opposition and division. As in the martial arts, a rigid position becomes a point of vulnerability. That which does not bend is liable to break. Rising above barriers of opposition that di- dissipate one's energy, that dissipates one's energy. The neutral conditions allow for flexibility and non-judgmental, realistic appraisal of problems. To be neutral means to be relatively unattached to outcomes. Not getting one's way is no longer experienced as defeating, frightening, or frustrating. At the neutral level, a person can say, well, if I don't get this job, then I'll get another. This is the beginning of inner confidence, sensing one's power. One is therefore not easily intimidated. One is not driven to prove anything. The expectation of that life with its ups and downs will be basically okay if one can roll with the punches is a typical 250 level attitude people of neutrality have sense of well-being the mark of this level is a confident capability to live in the world this is therefore experientially a level of safety people at this level are easy to get along with safe to be around and associate with because they are not interested in conflict competition or guilt they are comfortable and basically undisturbed emotionally this attitude is non non judgmental and does not lead to any need to control other people's behavior correspondingly because neutral people value freedom they are hard to control energy level 310 willingness this very positive level of energy may be seen as the gateway to higher levels whereas for instance jobs are done adequately at the neutral level at the level of willingness work is done well and success in all endeavors is common growth is rapid these are people chosen for advancement willingness implies that one has overcome inner resistance to life and is committed to participation below the 200 calibration level people tend to be closed-minded but by level 310 a great opening occurs at this level people become genuinely friendly and social and economic success seems to follow automatically. The willing are not really troubled by unemployment, for they will take any job when they have to 
or create a career or self-employment for themselves. They do not feel demeaned by service jobs or by starting at the bottom. They are naturally helpful to others and contribute to the good of society. They're also willing to face inner issues and do not have major learning blocks. At this level, self-esteem is innately high and reinforced by positive feedback from society in the forms of recognition, appreciation, and reward. Willingness is sympathetic and responsive to the needs of others. Willing people are builders of and contributors to society with their capacity to bounce back from adversity and learn from experience. They tend to become self-correcting. Having let go of pride, they are willing to look at their own defects and learn from others at the level of willingness. People become excellent students. They are easily teachable and represent a considerable source of power for society. And you level 350, acceptance. At this level of awareness, a major transformation takes place. With the understanding that one one is oneself the source and creator of the experience of one's life, taking such responsibility is distinctive of this degree of evolution, characterized by the capacity to live harmoniously with the forces of life. All people at levels below 200 tend to be powerless and see themselves as victims at the mercy of life. This stems from a belief that the source of one's happiness or the cause of one's problems is out there. An enormous jump taking back one's own power is completed at this level. The realization that the source of happiness is within oneself. At this more evolved stage, nothing so-called out there has the capacity to make one happy. And love is not something that is given or taken away by another, but it's created from within. Acceptance is not to be confused with passivity, which is a symptom of apathy. This form of acceptance allows engagement in life on life's own terms without trying to make it conform to an agenda. With acceptance, there is an emotional calm and perception is widened as denial is transcended. One now sees things without distortion or misinterpretation. The context of experience is expanded so that one is capable of seeing the whole picture. Acceptance has to do essentially with balance, proportion, and appropriateness. The individual at the level of acceptance is not interested in determining right or wrong, but instead is is dedicated to resolving issues and finding out what to do about problems. Tough jobs do not cause discomfort or dismay. Long-term goals take precedence over short-term ones. Self-discipline and mastery at the level of acceptance, we are not polarized by conflict or opposition. We see that other people have the same rights as we do, and we honor e- equality. While lower levels are con- characterized by rigidity, rigidity at this level, social plurality becomes begins to emerge as a form of resolution of problems. Therefore, this level is free of discrimination or intolerance. There is a, the awareness that equality does not preclude diversity. Acceptance includes rather than rejects. Energy level 400 reason. Intelligence and rationality rise to the forefront when the emotionalism of the lower levels is transcended. Reason is capable of 
handling large, complex amounts of data, amounts of data, making rapid, rapid, correct decisions. Understanding the intricacies of relationships, gradations, and fine distinctions and expert manipulation of symbols. as abstract concepts, which becomes increasingly important. This is the level of science, medicine, and of generally increased capability for conceptualization and comprehension. Knowledge and education are sought as capital. Using, I mean, understanding and Understanding and information are the main tools of accomplishment, which is the hallmark of the 400 level. This is the level of Nobel Prize winners, great statesmen, and Supreme Court justices. Einstein, Fraud, and many of the other great thinkers of history also calibrate here. The author of the great books of the Western world calibrate here. The shortcomings of this level are the failure to clearly distinguish the difference between symbols and what they represent and confusion between the objective and subjective worlds that limits the understanding of causality. At this level, it is easy to lose sight of the forest for the trees, to become infatuated with concepts and theories and ending up in in intellectualism and missing the essential point. Intellectualizing can become an end in itself. Reason is limited in, in that it does not afford the capacity for the discernment of essence or of the critical point of a complex issue. Complex issue, and it generally disregards context. Reason does not, of itself, provide a guide to truth. It produces massive amounts of information and documentation, but lacks the capability to resolve discrepancies in data and conclusions. All philosophical arguments sound convincing on their own, although reason is highly effective in a technical world where the methodologies of logic dominate. Reason itself, paradoxically, is a major block to reaching higher levels of consciousness Transcending this level is relatively uncommon. By only four percent of the four percent of the world's population. Angie level five hundred love. Love is depicted in the mass media is not what this level implies. On the contrary, what the world generally refers to as love is an intense emotionally Combining physical attractiveness, I mean attraction, possessiveness, control, addiction, eroticism, and novelty. It is usually evanescent and fluctuating, waxing and waning with varying conditions. When frustrated, this emotion also often reveals an underlying anger and dependency that it had mass. That love can be turned to hate common concept but what is being spoken about rather than love is an addictive sentimentality and attachment hate stares from pride not love there probably never was actually love in such relationship 
The 500 level is characterized by the development of a love that is unconditional, unchanging, and permanent. It does not fluctuate because its source within the person who loves is not dependent on external conditions. Loving is a state of being. It is a way of relating to the world that is forgiving, nurturing, and supportive. Love is not intellectual and does not proceed from the mind. Love emanates from the heart. It has the capacity to lift others and accomplish great feats because of its purity of motive. At this level of development, the capacity to discern essence becomes predominant. The core of an issue becomes the center of focus. As reason is bypassed, there arises the capacity for instantaneous recognition of the totality of a problem and a major expansion of context especially regarding time and process. Reason deals only with particulars, whereas love deals with wholes. The ability often ascribes to intuition. is the capacity for instantaneous understanding without resorting to sequential symbol processing. This apparently abstract phenomenon is, in fact, quite concrete. It is accompanied by a measurable release of endorphins in the brain. Love takes no position, thus it's global. Rising above the separation of positionality, it is then possible to be one with another. As there is no longer any barriers, love is therefore inclusive and expands the sense of self progressively. Love focuses on the goodness of life and all its expressions and augments that which is positive. It dissolves negativity by recontextualizing it rather than by attacking it. This is the level of true happiness. But although the world is fascinated with the subject of love and all viable religions calibrate at 500 or over, it is interesting to know that only 4% of the world's population ever reaches this level of evolution of consciousness. Only 0.4% ever reaches the level of unconditional love at 540. Joy. As love becomes more and more unconditional, it begins to be experienced as an inner joy. This is not the sudden joy of a pleasurable turn of events. It is a constant accompaniment. To all activities, joy arises from within each moment of existence rather than from an external source. 540 is also the level of healing and spirituality-based self-groups. From level 540 and up, from level 540 and up is the domain of saints, spiritual healers, and advanced spiritual students. Characteristics of this energy field is the capacity for enormous patience and the persistence of a positive attitude in the face of prolonged adversity. The hallmark of this state is compassion. People who have obtained this level have a notable effect on others. They are capable of a prolonged open visual gaze, which induces a state of love and peace. At the high 500s, the world one sees is illuminated by exquisite beauty and perfection of creation. Everything happens effortlessly by synchronicity, and the world and everything in it is seen to be an expression of love and divinity. Individual will 
individual will merge merges into divine will. A presence is felt whose power facilitates phenomena outside conventional expectations of reality. Termed miraculous by ordinary observers, these phenomena result the power of the energy field, not that of the indiv- individual. One sense of responsibility for others at this level is of a different quality from that shown at the lower levels. There is a desire to use one's state of consciousness for the benefit of life itself rather than for particular individuals. This capacity to love many people stimulously is accompanied by the discovery that the more one loves, the more one can love. Near-death experiences characteristically transform excuse me characteristically transformative in their effect have frequently allowed people to experience the level between 540 and 600 peace this energy field is associated with the experience designated by such terms as transcendence self-realization and god consciousness it is extremely rare when this state is reached. The distinction between subject and object disappear, and there is no specific focal point of perception. Not uncommonly, individuals at this level remove themselves from the world as the state of bliss that ensues precludes ordinary activity. It, it, activity excuse me. Some people, excuse me, some become spiritual teachers. Others work anonymously for the betterment of mankind. A few become great geniuses in their respective fields and make major contributions to society. These people are saintly and may eventually be designated officially as saints. Although at this level, formal religion is commonly transcended, transcended to be replaced by the pure spirituality out of which all religion originate, originates. Perception at the level of 600 and above is sometimes reported as occurring in slow motion, suspended in time and space. Oh, nothing is stationary. All is alive and radiant. Although this world is the same world as the one seen by others, it has become continuously flowing, evolving in an exquisitely coordinated evolutionary dance in which significance and source are overflowing. This awesome revelation takes place non-rationally so that there is an infinite silence in the mind which has stopped conceptualizing. That which is witnessing is that which is witnessed take on the same identity the observer dissolves into the landscape and becomes equally the observed. Everything is connected to everything else by a presence whose power is infinite, infinite, exquisitely gentle, yet rock solid. Great works of art, music, and architecture that calibrate between six and 700 can transport us temporarily to higher levels of consciousness and are universally recognized as inspirational and timeless. 700 to 1,000. Enlightenment. 
This is the level of the great ones of history who originated the spiritual patterns that multitudes have followed throughout the ages. All are associated with divinity with which they are often identified. This is the level of powerful inspiration. These beings set in place attract their energy fields that influence all of mankind down through the ages. At this level, there is no longer the experience of an individual personal self as separate from others. Rather, there is an identification of self with consciousness, consciousness and divinity. The unmanifest is experienced as self beyond the mind. This transcendence of the ego also serves by example to teach others how it can eventually be accompanied. I mean, excuse, excuse, excuse me. Uh-huh. Eventually be accomplished. This is the peak of the evolution of consciousness in the human realm. Great teachings uplift the masses and rise the levels, the level of awareness of all humanity. To have such vision is called grace and the gift it brings to infinite peace described as ineffable. Beyond words, ineffable, beyond words. At this level of realization, the sense of one's existence transcends all time and all individuality. There is no longer any identification with the physical body as me, and therefore his fate is of no concern. The body is seen as merely a tool of consciousness through the intervention of my, its prime value, that of communication, the self merges back into the self. This is a level of non-duality or complete oneness. There is no localization of consciousness. Awareness is everywhere equally present. Great workers of art depicting individuals who have reached the level of enlightenment characteristically show the teacher, ouch, The teacher, great work, characteristically, show the teacher with a specific hand position called a medora, wherein the palm of the hand radiates benediction. This is the act of the transmission of this energy field to the consciousness of mankind. This level of divine grace calibrates up to a thousand, the highest level attained by any persons who have lived in recorded history. To wit, the great avatars for whom the title Lord is appropriate, Lord Krishna, Lord Buddha, and Lord Jesus Christ. And then I wanted to go into what I was talking about. Okay, so drug and alcohol addiction is a crucial social concern that feeds the parallel problems of crime, poverty, and welfare. Addiction has proven an intractable social and clinical problem, thus far not understood beyond the most basic description. By the term addiction, we mean clinically, clinical addiction in the classical sense of continued dependence on alcohol or drugs despite serious consequences, a condition exceeding the capacity of the addicted person to to discontinue of the substance unaided because the will itself has been rendered ineffective, but 
what is the essential nature of addiction and to what is the addict really addicted. The common belief is that it is the addictive substance itself to which the victim has become addicted because that substance power to create a high state of euphoria. But if we re-examine the nature of addiction through the methodology described, a different formulation of the process emerges. Alcohol or drugs do not, in and of themselves, have the power to create a high at all. They calibrate at only 100, same at the level of vegetables. The so-called high that the drug or alcohol use experience, however, can calibrate from 350 to 600. The actual effect of the drug is merely to suppress the lower energy fields, thereby allowing the user to experience exclusively only the higher ones. It is as though a filter screened out all the lower tones coming from an orchestra so that all the that could be heard were the high notes. The suppression of the low notes does not create the high ones. It merely reveals their presence. Within the levels of consciousness, the higher frequencies are extremely powerful, and few people routinely experience these as pure states because they are masked by the lower energy fields of anxiety, fear, anger, resentment, and so on. Rarely does the average person get experience, for instance, love without fear or pure joy, much less ecstasy, but these higher states are so powerful that once experienced, they are never forgotten and sought after, sought ever after. It is to this experience of higher states that people become addicted. A good illustration is presented in the classic movie Lost Horizon. Sri Lanka, Sharingla, the movie Sharingla. The movie's metaphor for unconditional love and beauty calibrates at 600. Once experienced, it reprograms the experiencer so that he is never content again with ordinary consciousness. The hero of the movie discovers this fact when he is unable to find happiness again in the ordinary world after returning from Shingra, Shingragala, Shingragala. I don't know. He then gives up everything in order to seek out and return to that state of consciousness. Spending years in a struggle which almost cost him his life to regain and find Chingula again. This same reprogramming process occurs in people who have reached high states of consciousness by other means such as the experience of Samadha through meditation or near-death experience. Such individuals are frequently observed to have changed forever. It is not uncommon for them to leave all the material world represents to become seekers after truth. Many who have transcendent experience with LSD in the 1960s did that very same thing. Such higher states are also attained through the experience of love and religion, classical music, or art, or through the practice of spiritual disciplines. See, by whatever means is in fact the experience, excuse me, is in fact the experience field of their own consciousness self. If they are spiritually unsophisticated and lack a context with which 
to comprehend the experience. They believe it is created from something out there, such as a guru, music, drugs, lover, and so forth. All that has actually happened is that under special circumstances, they have experienced their own inner reality. The majority of people are so divorced from their own states of pure consciousness that they do not recognize them when they experience them because they identify with their lower ego states. A negative self-image blots out the joyous brilliance that is the true essence of their identities, which therefore goes unrecognized. That this joyous, peaceful, fulfilling state is in reality's one own inner essence has been the mo been the basic tenet of every great spiritual teacher. For example, the kingdom of God is within you. A high is any state of consciousness above one's customary level of awareness. Therefore, person who lives in fear, moving up to courage is a high. To people who live in hopeless apathy, anger is a high. For example, rioters in third world ghettos. Fear at least feels better than despair. And pride feels far better than fear. Acceptance is much more comfortable Love makes any lower state seem comparatively unattractive. While joy suppresses all lesser human emotions, ecstasy is rarely felt emotion in a class by itself. The most sublime experience of all is the state of infinite peace at level 600. So exquisite that it barely belies all attempts at description. The higher the level of these states, the greater is power to reprogram the subject's entire life. Not uncommonly, just one instant in a very high state can completely change a person's orientation to life as well as his goals and values. It could be said that the individual who was is no more and a new person is born out of the experience. Through hard one progress on the de- dedicated spiritual path, this is very this is the very mechanism of spiritual evolution. The permanent high state experience, which may be legitimately obtained only through a lifetime of dedicated inner work, can be reached temporary temporarily by artificial means, but the balance of nature dictates that to artificially acquire that state without having earned it creates a debt, and a negative imbalance results in negative consequences. Cost of such stolen pleasure is the desperation of addiction, and finally, both the addict and society pay the price. Ours is a society that idealized the pleasureless, hard work, statuism, self-sacrifice, restraint, and tends to condemn pleasure and most of its simpler forms, frequently even declaring them to be illegal. Politicians, whether secular or eclastic, understand this phenomenon well. A ploy of local politicians to gain headlines is the public announcement of intents to prohibit pleasures in the prison to deny the inmates tobacco or TV or magazines. In our society, unfulfilled promises and enticement are legitimized 
but satisfaction is denied. Commercialized sexual allure, for instance, is used to sell many products endlessly, but the enjoyment of actual commercial sex is forbidden as immortal. Historically, all ruling classes have achieved status and wealth by controlling society through some form of perpetual ethic. Oh, puritanical ethic. The harder the underlinings work and the more meager their pleasures, the richer the ruling system will be. Whether it be theocracy, acrasticity, oligarchy, oligarchy, or corporate industrial barony, such power is built upon a fortified pleasure of workers. Experientially, experientially, as we have seen, pleasure is merely high energy. The energies of the masses have been co-opted over the centuries to produce for the overclasses the very wealth of pleasure denied the underclasses. In truth, the pleasures of life energy is mankind's best capital. Robbing man of this has resulted in the wide division between the haves and the multitudes of have-nots. What working classes envy in the lives of upper classes are their pleasures from the pleasures of exercising power in its varied form to the beautiful trophies of self-indulgence. The realization that the pleasures being denied oneself are being enjoyed by others begets the outrage of revolutions or supplemented the repression of restrictive laws against the pleasures of one's peers. The moral code thus functions as a rationalized exploitation of the life's energy of the masses. Through a calculated distortion of values, the illusion proffered is that the more hellish one's life, the more heavenly will be one's reward. This distorted coupling of pleasure with suffering has produced a morally perverse social milieu in which pain becomes associated with pleasure. In this atmosphere, the extreme alteration of suffering and euphoria that typifies addiction becomes at least provisionally tenable in a deadly antisocial game of winning and losing in the forbidden, losing the forbidden high. Excuse me. <coughs> From the same life view arises social current methods of treating the problem by playing the other half of the game, denying the substance of abuse. By doing so, we have created created a marketplace that is so highly lucrative and easily entered that a whole criminal industry flourishes as a result corrupting life on multiple levels. The aggressive drug campaign, for instance, has no effect at all on the drug problem overall before he is even jailed. He will have already been replaced by a new one, for example, at the demise of the South American drug lord Pablo Escobar. He 
he was instantly replaced by three new kingpins. So the Hydra now had three heads instead of one. Society's drug problem requires a social approach calibrating at 350. And our current anti-drug program calibrates at only 150. Therefore, it is ineffective and the money spent on it is wasted. Ah, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to read a couple chapters out of that. That was, uh, you know, that helped me see things a little differently. Um, you know, sometimes we got to, you know, stimulate our mind by reading, you know. Um, you know, you got to be careful what you ingest. Somebody was talking about that yesterday when I was talking about reading. Like, man, you, you know, you just can't be reading everything. You know, you got to be careful what you're reading. He's like, man, it's crazy they didn't tell us that when we was in school. You know, but why would they tell us that in school? You know? You know, why would they want you to uh, reach another level of consciousness? You know, when they could oppress you and keep you at a certain state to where now you're thinking a certain way and they control the way you think. And now they have control over you. You know, they... And um, and at the end of the day, it's really on us. We give them the control. You know, they don't want us. That's why they want to keep us ignorant. That's why it's, it's very good to you know, um, read and and uh, and work on yourself. You know, it's a long path and it's a continuous path to be on this path of self growth. You know what I'm saying? It's not something that you can take time off of. Um, as much as we wish we could. We never take time off of uh, making ourselves better. You know, I used to think it was wrong to say I was making myself better. And maybe I should use the wrong word, you know. But in a sense, I am, you know. I am making myself better every day by my thinking, by my actions, by my lifestyle, by my habits, by everything. You know, by actively you know, uh, getting rid of those those bad habits and the people that, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, try to gravitate to us because we are an uh, energy field. You know, people are going to gravitate to us. Um, you know, getting rid of those people. Getting rid of, uh, you know, everything that doesn't move you forward towards your goals. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was saying that to somebody today. said, that sounds easy. Yeah, it does sound easy. You know what I'm saying? It's hard, though. You know what I'm saying? And you're still going to continue to be going through it. But why wouldn't you want to go through the hardships of making yourself better when, you know what I'm saying, if you don't, you're going to be going through the hardships of, of, of the result of not making yourself better. You know what I'm saying? Um, in the movie... In the new Matrix, you know, they was giving the red and the blue pill. Basically said, you know, the red and blue pill is just, you know, an illusion. You know what I'm saying? You should always seek truth. You know, the t- well, excuse me, the test was an illusion. You know, the red and blue pill was just an illusion. It was just, you know what I'm saying? You should always want truth no matter what. No matter how fucked up it is. 
You should always want truth. Because then you can move forward instead of being in denial, which is a part of being in a lower consciousness. And, you know, uh, we also got to watch people around because sometimes they could bring you back down to a state of consciousness and, and not really bring you down. It's just, you know, um, and, and that's for when you're at a low level. When you get to a higher level, you know what I'm saying, it could be dangerous. Like they were saying, you know, certain people at certain levels are dangerous because they have nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? They're self-sabotaging. So why wouldn't they sabotage you? You know? Um, yeah, so, you know, just working on a lot of things. I don't really have nothing to really... You know, too much to say. Much as I would love to. You know, I had a lot to say earlier. <laughs> but I, got, I lost it and lost where I was going. So I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, that excerpt from the book, Power vs. Force, uh, helps you a little bit. I mean, it helped me, you know, kind of see the spectrum and, and them actually explaining all this stuff, you know, stuff that, you know what I'm saying, modern scientists can't really understand, you know what I'm saying, there's really simple solutions to it, <laughs> when you get past all of the, you know, the numbers and all this knowledge and information, and trying to make it black and white, when that's not life, life is it's full spectrum, there's all types of colors, all types of levels, all types of um, pHs, you know, all types of, uh, uh, um, just all types of anything. So when we try to, you know, put things into a, black and white area, we lose sight of the truth. When you try to make everything about logic and and information, we lose track of the truth. I mean, we can see that in today's uh, court system, you know. The lack of truth in the court system. You know, and... um. And when I say that, that I, I mean that in a way... Excuse me. You know, of course we should all know our own rights, but it's not like they, you know, was raised to know the truth. You know, and we can't blame anybody. Only ourselves, you know. In any of this, in any situation you're in, good or bad, go only blame yourself. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, when it shows about mistakes, like I said, we're all going to make mistakes. No matter who you are, you're going to continue to make mistakes. You know, um, it's all about learning from it. It's all about seeing it as it is 
and learning from it, taking your lesson from it, you know, not getting too caught up or beating yourself up because you made a mistake. You know, why are you beating yourself up? Is he going to change the problem or you're not? Is he going to work on yourself or you're not? And it's just that simple. You know, because the only way to be successful is to work on yourself, to constantly work on your craft and yourself. And when I say yourself, that's so you stay sharp to avoid pitfalls and different stuff like that. You know, sometimes I wish I had a lot more to talk about. A lot of people think, you know, um, I didn't know. You know, um, I'm at such a higher level of, uh, you know, just unconditional love to where certain things just don't bother me. Um, You know, like people not calling me for years, months, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But if I fuck with you, um, you call me, I'm going to answer. I'm going to see what's up. You know what I'm saying? You know, especially if it was a love-love relationship where we both truly, uh, you know, love each other. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I'm working on, just reaching out to people more. Um, I really don't reach out to people like that, you know. I'm so focused on becoming a better me that, you know, I lose sight of, you know, the simple things in life sometimes. Maybe I'm not at level of uh, 500. I'm at level 400. While uh, the information and, and, you know, and knowledge. You know, maybe I got a lot of work to do. Just like anybody else. Trust me, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better at all this. You know, it takes time. Much we wish it would happen overnight. Got to continuously put in work. You know, my goal is to put ten thousand dollars. You know, excuse me, ten thousand hours in. You know, um, at least then that'd be the start of um, mastering a craft. You know, how many people you know can literally put ten thousand hours into something? Or are willing to put 10,000 hours into something. You know. I'm willing to put 10,000 hours into a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff that I want to do. That I'm going to do. Especially for, you know. I move on to the next stage. You know, a short time, you know, who knows? That's not the important thing, you know. Um, You know, the important thing is just 
raising the the the, the normal human consciousness to a higher level. We can at least get it to the, to everyone that's thinking on the high fours. We can actually probably move past the thousands. Move on to a next step. And understand power even more. Because it doesn't stop. It's just only the levels that certain people have reached. Or maybe it's unrecorded. Maybe somebody has reached the higher levels. And we just don't know yet. All you can do is do your part. You know? So, yeah. Enough about that. Um, yeah. Definitely hope that that uh, helped y'all. Um, I don't have too much to say. About the... Take it on in. I had a, I had a long week, long long week. So I hope everybody's enjoying this Saturday. Um, till next Saturday. See you guys again. Peace. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol. Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.